You are listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empowers you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I'm Francine Belay, your host, and I'm super thrilled to bring you stories inspiration and strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make more money and lead a movement to change the world. I am a digital communication and brand strategist, business advisor, award-winning author and a speaker. I am on a mission to help professional executives and entrepreneurs to become leading voices in their field by finding what makes them unique and creating compassion Bearing messages to the right audience. Are you struggling to find out why your message doesn't get the engagement you expect from your audience and customers whilst your competition seems to do very well? Well, apply for a complimentary assessment of your website to find out. I will personally review your website and show you what is confusing your prospect and the easy step to take to clarify your message. To claim this time-limited offer, go to francinebelay.com slash review, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash review. Hey, Celine. Nice to have you on the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So, uh, Celine, you are a life design and brand storing coach for visionary entrepreneurs who want to design their dreams lifestyle. Can you tell me briefly what you are trying, what you are doing now and what was your background before you start doing what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, right now, as you said, I am a coach. I work with visionary leaders, entrepreneurs, founders to help them leverage the power of storytelling so that they can up-level the brand so that they can deeply, deeply connect with their audience as well as scale their business with impact, which is the key word. And, uh, well, how did I get here? That's actually a lot long story in of itself, I imagine. which I'm sure we'll be touching on throughout this podcast. Yeah. Um, but the short version is uh, I had a, um, I studied, you know, communication. I have a background in uh, brand strategy, used to work for an advertising agency in corporate. Um, then I took a crazy around the world trip, which I uh, became very seasoned in the art of storytelling and human connection. And, uh, and yeah, t- took a bunch of certifications, um, NLP practitioner, and uh, all that jazz to lead me to where I am right now today in my dream job. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I know also that you travel a lot. I'd like to know where this uh, passion for travel come from. Oh, <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, I've had uh, this passion for travel since I was a little girl. And it might have to do with the fact that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Italian, but I'm, uh, my mother's Brazilian and I live in this. So by the time I was 10, I'd already lived in ten, uh, three continents. So um, I've been traveling and seeing the world since I could remember. But I would even go a step deeper than that and say that, that this hunger that I've had for travel has really stemmed from this inherent 
feeling since I was just young, since I could remember, of not belonging, of not really uh, being somebody who belongs in her environment and always wanting to kind of like break out of my cell to explore, to see what else was out there, to see where else I could belong. So I would say there's uh, two answers to that. One is probably uh, that I've been doing it since I could remember. And so it's always been a habit, something I've been comfortable with. And two, it's really that like deeper need uh, to belong, to, to connect um, that I've had since uh, pretty much since I could remember. So um, why have you decided to focus your work on what you're doing today and helping people build their brand and tell their story? I think my driving force is that I deeply, deeply know what it's like to feel helpless in your own story and to feel like, you don't have control over the life that you are creating for yourself. So um, as, as I mentioned, um, ever since I was a kid, I came to the States when I was a child and I've always felt like an immense amount of pressure to perform, um, you know, with uh, the, the American dream just hovering over my head, um, feeling like there was always external forces that were telling me like, go to an amazing school, like go to a great, go to corporate, like make lots of money, like, uh, so that one day you can travel the world, like two weeks of vacation a year. And it felt like all the rules were laid out for me. And I just always felt so suffocated by that always questioning, why can't I just do what I want to do? Why is this the only way um, for me to live? And it felt like as I was, you know, moving through college and moving through corporate, it just felt like I was living in a shadow. I was just like a placeholder version of myself. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't ever really be who I truly was. And it just, um, it depressed me, it suffocated me, it gave me anxiety, it gave me angst. I consistently questioned my purpose and why I was doing, uh, I was doing what I did, you know, working so many hours and working so hard for what. And when I decided to make the most difficult and scariest decision yeah. to quit corporate and, and go travel the world and, and do the social experiment that I did, um, traveling and sleeping in the homes of strangers, what I realized is that everyone, everyone in the world has a story to tell and that story can influence and impact other people as well as your own life. So what I realized is that I could use my uh, brand strategist background as well as my writer back, my storytelling writer background and essentially channel the skill sets that I have into helping people tap into their story, tap into the reason why they're doing it, what they want to do, and actually help them essentially unearth their purpose and then actually leverage that purpose into something that gets them results, which is into building a brand and growing a business. Mm -hmm. So um, it all came from a place of deep uh, understanding and me being naturally connected to this cause of like, how can we help each other essentially mm -hmm. tap into our story and grow a brand that has meaning and impact and results. Yeah, that's a beautiful, actually. Uh, I'm also curious to know what was the job you wanted to do when you were very little, when you were a kid? What were you dreaming of doing? <laughs> I think at one point, just like any other kid, I like wanted to be a doctor and then I was like, ew, blood. And then I actually went through a while where I wanted to be a lawyer, which totally makes sense because I have like, I mean, first of all, I'm a Libra, so I have already an ah, integrated sense of I justice. Am. Yeah, Me yeah. Me too, Amelie. Like, <laughs> Libra, Libra's for the win. Um, and uh, no, I just always, I wanted to be a lawyer because I wanted to fight for justice. I wanted to, I really had a strong sense of like, okay, like we need to do things the right way. Like we need to like make sure that nothing is unjust. And 
uh, it's funny because part of that is still with me today, which is like, mm. for me, um, the way that I see this now as, as a grown adult, it's like, it's not right for us to be living a life that is not meant to be ours, mm. for us to live a life that someone else subscribed to us instead of us living our own life. And I truly believe that we are the masters of our life and we are fully capable of designing the sort of lifestyle and existence that we wish to create in this world yeah yeah cool that's i think you put this so beautifully actually so now let's talk about meaningful life and meaningful work so when did you realize who you are and what you are meant to do in life you know i know that it takes some <laughs> long long time to figure this out i went through this myself and i'm still going through that myself and in your um in your own journey when did you realize that finally well as you alluded to there's uh you know you uh, finding yourself or realizing who you are is a lifelong journey mm. right we're constantly uncovering we're constantly discovering um but i would say that where it really clicked together. Um, I've been, I, I'm really into self-development. So I've really been, have put a lot of time into, you know, quote unquote, finding myself and understanding what I wanted. But like I said, when I was uh, in uh, corporate America, I was hiding from myself. I really just wasn't even allowing myself to look in a mirror and tell me what I really wanted. And uh, with the, when that started to fall apart in a good way was uh, when I quit my job and I decided, okay, I'm going to give myself one year and I'm going to do something that's really going to challenge me. And that's when I decided to do a social experiment in which I would circumnavigate the globe by couch surfing through human connection. So what that means is I spent a year essentially staying in the homes of strangers, of people who were connected to me somehow, and challenging myself to, to have these like extremely human connections and actually be able to, to connect with people, to like learn more about myself. And that year is when everything just started clicking into place because I realized that I basically had to completely let go of an identity that I had spent years and years and years constructing. And when I went out into the world and, and did what I, and did this experiment, which was a social experiment on human kindness, on human willingness to help one another, um, people didn't know where I went to school. People mm -hmm. didn't know what the name of the company that I used to work for in New York. People didn't care. And so I had to essentially strip myself completely naked identity-wise and go out into the world and just be who I really was. And sometimes it was terrifying because I actually realized I had to learn that I wanted things that I didn't know I wanted, you know, that, that I discovered things, pieces about myself that I didn't know were existed. Like I didn't know that I'm a daredevil. I like love jumping off of planes. I didn't know that about myself. I love like speeding. I didn't know that about myself either. Um, I love connecting with people, meeting people of all kinds of backgrounds and, and just like storytelling. And I, and I'm very curious. And these are all pieces that didn't really click until I had to essentially be like, okay, I can't hide behind the state anymore. I have to just go out there and be fully myself. And that's when I started this exploration stage. And in terms of when did I know what I was supposed to do with my life? Um, because it found me. Because I essentially, that year, what I promised myself was that I was going to design a life that I was proud of. And I was just going to do what I love doing with no pressure to do anything else but that. And so every day I'd wake up and I would go out into the world, I'd be traveling, I'd be meeting really fascinating people, spending hours in a coffee shop with a stranger I just met just because, because I had the time. 
um, writing and documenting about my experiences. And as I did that, that's when my storytelling business started to create itself. My brand started to create itself. People started to know me as the girl who was doing the social experiment. People started to contact me, uh, offering me places to stay as I went around the world. So essentially my brand developed so organically to the point where people started being like, oh my gosh, how are you doing this? Show me how you're getting published uh, on Forbes and Business Insider. Like my story basically started to get out there into the world. People started to approach me and I said, yeah, sure, I'll teach you. And eventually I realized that not only did I naturally just absolutely love to show people how to build a brand and how to like tell stories that actually got them results, but it was what I was meant to do. It was my calling. So I really found that beautiful like crossing of like, what I loved to do and what I could get like beautifully compensated for doing. Yeah. And that's essentially how I found my calling. That's so super actually. But I'm wondering how much did you have when you left corporate America to go to do your social experiments actually? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's asked, people ask me a lot. So I had saved, um, $10,000 USD. Mm-hmm. And actually over the course of, I think I stopped counting after nine months, but nine months and I'd only spent $8,500. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, and I was staying and in grant, I'm telling you, I was, uh, this is including flights. Um, this is essentially my entire trip was $8,500. And, uh, I was staying in really nice places sometimes. Like there's, it got to the point towards the end of my trip where, uh, boards of tourism would invite me to host me. Um, I had hotels like four and five star hotels invite me and host me. Um, so I actually, I think that entire year is that like less than $200 in accommodation because I had a couple of emergency situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I just like the world took care of me. Um, it was wow. really incredible. And that's why I also feel like such a strong urge and calling to, um, to give back in, in the sort of work that I do, because it's really incredible to see that when you're vulnerable and you put your story out there and, and you put yourself out there just as you are, how much people around you are willing to, to come meet you and to come help you and, uh, help you grow your dreams, you know? Yeah. I love that. This is so beautiful. What you say, the world took care of you. That's so beautiful. How many people know that? And you Mm -hmm. get to know that the more you travel, you get to really understand that. That's so powerful. I love that. So Mm -hmm. tell me, uh, what did you struggle the most in life? What did I struggle with the most in life? (laughs) That's a good, that's a loaded and good question. Um, I actually think if I had to really, um, the first thing that comes to mind, ironically, considering the work that I do is, um, trusting people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since I, since I was a child, I had many instances in, in my life when people who were supposed to take care of me, um, betrayed my trust where adults, um, around me did not act like adults. And I remember growing up, um, very angry and very like shielded and defensive and like never letting anyone near me, always doubting people's intention intentions, like always thinking that people were going to hurt or manipulate me. And that's also, I think also why this project was just so fundamentally transformative to me because I got to the point where I said, I could let this plague me for the rest of my life and I could just spend my life walking um, through my existence, just doubting everyone, not trusting anyone, just consistently having this, this wall around me, which is exhausting energetically, or I could try to prove myself wrong. Mm -hmm. 
and see whether it's true. The things that I grew up believing, if it is true that, that people are not worth trusting that people are not worth knowing um, or that everyone's going to screw you over at some point. And I went out there and I tested this myself firsthand, completely rewired that belief. And so it's something that I struggled with a lot. And it really, it's taken me years to basically unbuild that wall and yeah. to, to, to bring it down, to put it down, but consistently over and over again, I see the evidence that people are good, that people are kind, that we all have stories to tell. And when we basically show up in the world with an open heart and vulnerability and a willingness to actually be open with one another. Like, wow, it just changes everything. Cause you also are what you attract and you attract who you are. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've really seen that come to life. Yeah. So, uh, I was just thinking, you know, since you've done also NLP, you know, the decision you took at the time to decide that, you know, you couldn't trust people. Now you are able actually at least to be aware of what you were struggling with. So then mm -hmm. you can do something about that. I think having that big awareness is a massive, you know, first step then you, mm -hmm. you know, recognize that is there because I think that the problem people have is not even to be aware of what is they are struggling with. <laughs> mm -hmm. They go on unconscious of what is going on actually. So this is why I asked this question. Do you know what you're struggling with? Some people don't know. I just say everything. <laughs> what, so, do I know what? when you ask some people, do they know what they are struggling with? They say everything. They can't pinpoint exactly what they are struggling with. So then they can fix that. So then it's important to have the awareness of the decision you took at some time in order for you to find um, a way of deprogramming it, as you say, you know. So, exactly. Yeah. So, and I also like to know who are you trying to place so much that you lost yourself at the time? at the time before yeah. I started doing this. Yes. Um, I think I was really married to the identities. So of being like uh, an immigrant, like prodigy who like came to the States and, you know, everyone's like, Ooh, America, you know, like I had even from my family, like so I had, I felt so much pressure to basically like, achieve quote unquote the American dream mm -hmm. um and I just felt a lot of pressure of like okay I like need to be the best student and I need to like um and I also grew up you know in the in a low income household so you know just basically the pressure of like going to college and making something of myself and being like a rich person who like was uh, has an executive position in corporate America like that was like kind of the fantasy that I hid under for many many years and so I always wanted to be like this person I think all I really wanted was to be somebody who was like successful and recognized for it mm. um by society but it's, it's just truly ironic how things ended up being because I'm like on the other side of the pole <laughs> and now I have that but it's not even something that I'm holding on to from an identity perspective because now my priority is not like you know, make a lot of money and be really successful and be recognized. Although that's nice for my ego, but like to the core of my being, what I just really want is to create like a masterpiece of, of a life and, and, and to live every day um, creating art for myself, for others, like connecting with the people that I love. So um, it's funny because I ended up getting what I wanted, but the energy <laughs> through which I get it from is completely different in a good way. 
Yeah, that's that's so beautiful to 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 get there finally because I think yes, you know, uh, people just buy into the one dream that everybody else or one path that everybody else should be taking to get happiness and end up losing themselves. This is why I'm asking this question. And then actually, when you start really following or you know not following the model that has be, has been built for you to follow, you just start to find your own path actually. That brings mm-hmm. you to where you thought you were going to go following the wrong path in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So tell me, how do you think that your childhood has prepared you to who you are today? Oh, you ask the big questions, don't you? <laughs> Holy, <laughs> holy crap. I these spent are my life thinking about those yeah, questions. Yeah. These are like, wow, they're, they're really good. I was like, oh, you're going going deep into my soul right now. Um, okay. How has my childhood prepared me for this? Okay. So, um, I think that, um, well, I had actually, I just, I just spent all of March, uh, doing this, this challenge called 30 days of radical rawness, where I wrote 30 stories about my, my childhood or like teenagehood and young adulthood of the, the stories and both the pain and the joys that most impacted who I am today. And a lot of the stories I shared were really hard for me. Um, really, really hard because they were stories of traumas, like, uh, you know, being molested, eating disorders, like depression, like things that I struggled with um, throughout my life. And so I would say that um, growing up as, since I was a little kid, um, I had a lot of shit happen to me. And, you know, like looking back at my childhood, I, I can't say it was really bright. Um, there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of sadness, um, melancholy um, that is associated with it. But I, I had to have, I had a pretty diverse span of bad shit happened to me, which at the time obviously affected me deeply and, uh, and, and hurt me and, and put me in, in some serious states of, of, of dark darkness. Um, but now that I've come out on the other side and really worked through these traumas, really, um, I would say healed from most of them. Although of course there's always things that I'm working on at all times. But one of the things that I realized is that one of the things that allows me to really connect with my clients or people around me and my students, my followers, just essentially the people who uh, approach me, um, I can really connect with them because I, I almost have like such a diverse menu <laughs> of things that, that of, of things that I've experienced that I can connect with people almost at any level. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I haven't experienced exactly what they have gone through, I can almost like in my database of, of childhood memories can almost like pull up something that relates to it. Um, so I think that like, you know, growing up in having just a variety of experiences that were not the best um, back then was really painful, but today it's almost like I use it as my superpower mm. to really be able to um, empathize and connect with people and understand where they're coming from, really put myself in their shoes. And not only that, to take it a step further and be able to essentially be like, okay, this is what happened. How do we move past that and, and spin this into a success story? Mm. How do we take um, essentially your insecurities, your pain, your darkness, whatever might be holding you back right now from, from succeeding and whatever might be blocking you and your mindset, how do we take that and transform it into an energy that is actually going to help you succeed? That is going to basically, how do you take that darkness and turn it into light? And that's something that I really do a lot in my practice is really understanding 
How do we move any sort of suffering and pain or blockages like mindset issues into a place of like, okay, you can actually use this for uh, your advantage and to help you um, build and to help you become a better person and a better business person and all that, those things. So um, I would say, yeah, it's just that, that really um, my childhood has, and, and being a really sensitive kid and now a sensitive adult, um, has helped me so much with being able to get people to open up to me quickly. And as a result, being able to give, get, help them get the clarity that they need quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's that. And then, and then you, you didn't get there just by chance. You did the work, right? So I think that you know my intention with this question is really to figure out how you transform whatever you perceived or as negative or some darkness in the past in your life and transform that as like a rough diamond to to really use that to your advantage you know in anything that you're doing but it doesn't happen like that and you have to do a lot of work as i'm sure you have to do actually to get to where you are today oh yeah yeah (laughs) and you know that's something that i always tell my clients and my students um you know strategy is something that you can execute on like the actual action steps is the easy part when it comes to like growing your brand or, like people things like you know growing your social media or getting featured uh in publications or like the actual like quote unquote results or like having like a five-figure launch like those things those like success stories are simply a result of something much bigger which is doing the inner work on yourself because when you understand who you are, why you do what you do and who you're doing it for and how basically that translates into like the business that you are creating. That is the immense power. And that's where the shift you experience the shift of like working 12 hour days to like create to create like Facebook ads and funnels and like outreach and blah, 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 and go, 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 go to actually cutting that time into a fraction into four hours a day where you're like intentionally like, this is where I'm, this is what I'm trying to create. Let me do the tasks that are hyper-focused, um, outsourcing the rest. And it just really just shifts the way that you think when you prioritize your well-being and your purpose and essentially like your energy becomes a priority for you. That translates into how you run your business and the sort of major results you get from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is one of the toughest moments that you had that end up to be a blessing in disguise? Of course, you know, your childhood was one of those perhaps in, in the, you know, uh, longer term of that. But, you know, in most recent time or some of, you know, it, throughout your life, was it a moment that you encountered a very, very tough situation, but finally end up to be a blessing in disguise? Mm-hmm. Wow, there's like so many of them. That, that's actually like, that's exactly <laughs> the that's most, the biggest what, one. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's literally like the 30 days of radical rawness challenge. Uh-huh. I just, it's literally that. It's like, uh-huh. what were the like 30 <laughs> tough things that happened in my life that has transformed me into a person? So, um, into the person that I am today. So, I would say um, the toughest, oh, there's many, but, but I'll pick one that's relevant to the work that, Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing today. I would say that this, I'm going to disclaimer that this is not the toughest thing that's happened to me, but it's the (laughs) toughest that I'm willing to share at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, back, uh, right before about a year before I decided, actually, this was one of the reasons why I decided to leave everything behind. That's what pushed me over the edge. But, um, I went, um, I took a two week vacation to vacation, but it was actually to volunteer in Cambodia. And, um, I really, cause at, at that point I was working in corporate. I really feel, I felt like 
wow, what is my life? I don't really have purpose. I'm not contributing. I feel so like dried up inside. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do volunteer for two weeks and make myself feel better. You know, the classic, like, let me just go volunteer and make myself feel better kind of mentality. Um, And so I went to Cambodia and uh, I was um, teaching at an orphanage in the slums of Phnom Penh, the capital. And uh, well, several, many things happened there. Um, Number one, um, I don't know how familiar you are with Cambodia, but it's one of the poorest um, countries. Oh yeah. yeah, It's, it's Ah. beautiful, but it's, there's, it has a really dark history. Uh Um, It's one of the poorest and most corrupt countries in the world. Mm. Um, There was a recently um, in the nineties, there was actually from the seventies to the nineties, there was a genocide that wiped out one fourth of the population. Yeah, yeah. Um, 50% of the, uh, of the population is under the age of 21. They're mostly kids and there's no social welfare. So there's a lot of, of misery there. A lot of, um, lost kids and they wiped out the white collar, like anyone that was like doctors, teachers, mm. like all dead. So we're looking at a country that is mostly young kids who don't know what they're doing. There's no education system set into place. Social welfare does not exist. And so I kind of got plunged into this, um, this place of like, really like it's so beautiful but also so much misery Mm. and so much sadness and um the very first day that I got there my um grandfather who I was so close to he died and so I basically get to Cambodia to volunteer for two weeks um with these kids who, who have no family who are like in really shitty situations and I'm here like right on day one before even stepping foot into the school like I'm already heartbroken I'm already destroyed And I get there and I'm already so raw and vulnerable. And these kids just came right into my heart. And and in those weeks, like kind of like learning and seeing um, what the other side of the world, and I've traveled before, but I've never seen it so bad and seeing essentially the heartbreak. And I remember on my last night, it was a Saturday night um, in, uh, I was walking through the streets of Phnom Penh and just seeing this, like the sidewalks were lined with cardboard boxes and there were kids just sleeping on cardboard boxes. There were little girls like in tiny outfits, like prostituting themselves for um, Western tourists. It's just, the sight was just so awful. And I remember this one moment where I saw this like little girl, she was a little toddler and she was wearing like a, um, a diaper and she was kind of like waddling around on the sidewalk. And I remember just watching her being like, what is this child doing? Like in a diaper, just on a Saturday night. And then she just kind of like goes into the side of the sidewalk and just plops like next to this woman. I don't know if it's her mother or her sister. This woman was completely just passed out sleeping on the cardboard box. And I just remember being like, no, I can't. Like, I just, I hit a breaking point where I just started to sob. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I, I you know, I'm, I'm in New York city, um, making my salary, living my life, getting my drinks on Saturday nights, like hanging out with people. My biggest concern is like, where I'm going to order from like that night um, for dinner. And I'm like, what am I actually contributing um, to society? I, I can't stand I cannot stand one more minute of knowing that I'm not, that I'm part of this, that I'm part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that day, I had a breakdown. I went back to New York on Monday and I just remember being like, I was in a meeting in a conference room and we were talking about something that was like so dumb and so superficial. I just had this like a light bulb moment where I was like, today my life changes. It has to, or I won't be able to live with myself. Mm, yeah no wow yeah that's really quite powerful and actually 
Wow, this is, yeah, I think when you look back at some of those uh, situations, you know, that's, that's, you know, you just make the decision. You know, you can't, you can't live, you can't unlearn what you've seen already. So, you know, so that's really great, actually. What would you say is your superpower then? What is my superpower? Yeah. I can get uh, to the heart of things at lightning speed. I can dive deep, deep, deep. If you have, you know, things like uh, one of my, I, I would say, well, one of my signature sessions, my story clarity intensive, people are like, I don't know what my why is. What is my reason why? What's, why am I here? What's my purpose? I can literally sit down with somebody and just laser in, into their heart, pull out the story and be like, here's your purpose. Here's your why. Um, and, and, and it's got like, it's very common for people to be like, wow, you did in two years what it has taken me years yeah. To, like I've been thinking about this for years and you pulled it out of me in just a couple of hours or less. So I would say um, it's that ability to basically have the x-ray vision of, mm -hmm. of being like, this is what you really want. I'm going to pull it out of you and now we're going to look at it together and it's going to make sense to you this time. Okay, cool. So now it's time to talk about money. Um, so how <laughs> love do, money? I love money too. Actually, <laughs> this topic, you know, uh, you know, regardless how big your heart is, you have to really understand money as well because money is like energy. So oh, and, I, literally, I was just thinking that I was just thinking <laughs> money is energy, <laughs> and you pull that out of me. Wow, it's, amazing! I'm connected with you, actually. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me how do you manage to do both what you love and get paid for it because i know that a lot of people um struggle to you know either they they do something that they don't like but pays well or if they go and do something that they like it doesn't pay well so how do you manage mm -hmm. to do both Right. Okay. So excellent question. Uh, yeah. So one of the things I want to say, my passion, like my number one, number one thing is writing. Uh, I love writing. And at the beginning when I like said, I'm going to quit corporate, I'm going to like, you know, go find myself and like go live the life that I want. I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to be a writer. Quickly found out that, um, that does not pay well. <laughs> At least yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, it's like I was like, wow, okay, that is not ideal. I am doing what I love for nothing and I'm losing creative direction. So what the I changed so one of the things that with people um that I've noticed people who want to turn their passion into a job is they're asking themselves like, how can I turn my passion into a job? How can I turn my passion into a job? And they just keep banging their head against the wall. But you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same <laughs> results. Result, exactly. So one of the things that you know I teach my clients and I live by is when you are not getting the results you want, you need to change the questions you're asking. Mm -hmm. Because the question you ask yourself daily is creates thoughts and those thoughts create actions and those actions create reality. So mm -hmm. change the question. So instead of being like, how can I make money being a writer? How can I make money being a writer? I started to ask myself, what about my writing is so compelling to people? What is captivating them? And when I did, I started to be like, wow, people really love how I tell stories. I'm like, okay, why is that important? Why is storytelling so important? It's like, well, 
because many people don't know how to express themselves. And I've gotten so many, one of the things I was paying attention essentially to the feedback that I was getting as I was putting myself out there and, and growing my brand. I had my ears and eyes and every sense mm -hmm. open to absorb the information that was coming at me. And people would be like, wow, like, I love how you can tell stories. I wish I could express myself like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and that happening over and over again, I was like, okay. So it seems that people have this desire to want to express themselves and wish to be able to uh, tell stories and, and basically articulate what they feel inside, which is inside is a confusion. When it comes out, it's clear. That's what they envy. But a lot of people, if, but if I was like, okay, I'm going to teach people how to write, that's still me asking the wrong question yeah. because a lot of people don't like writing, mm -hmm. right? So does it mean that they can't tell stories? So essentially the process that I went to is I asked myself, okay, what is the thing I love to do? Writing. Okay. Do I have to, is, is writing the only and only thing that I can do to make money? No, because there's something more that I, I love writing, which is the expression part, right? So let me pull that piece out of writing and then let me actually look at the target because another mistake that people make is being like, well, I like to draw or like, I want this. This is what I, I, I yeah. want. Therefore I must do it. But then the next question you have to ask yourself is what do other people need? Mm -hmm. What do other people need? Yeah. And I saw that people who were entrepreneurs, they were really struggling. Essentially, the, the pattern that I saw is that when you're an entrepreneur and you're building your own business, you get so caught up in your business. Like it's your baby, right? Like you want to like make money. You want to create offers. You want to like capture leads and, and, and create funnels. And like essentially like you want to build a bit a proper business, but you get so caught up in the logistics of it and, and the actual building that you end up disconnecting from the reason why you did it in the first place. And that's what creates, creates a lot of discontent because you essentially become owned by your business. It becomes like you become your business's little bitch yeah. basically is what I noticed. And mm -hmm. so, um, what I, I started to essentially observe the crossroad of like, okay, here's what I want. I want to, um, tell stories. I want to write. Here's what people need, which is to express themselves in a way that is actually, um, helping them like, actually generating results in their life. And then I looked at what the market wants, right? So uh, things like the rise of entrepreneurship means that there's a more and more people who are going to need help with this. Um, the We are in a place, we're in a time and age where we're sharing everything, which means there's a lot of noise out there and, and you need to stand out in that noise because otherwise you're just going to drown. Mm -hmm. So essentially finding monetizing your passion is not just about being like, I love this. Therefore I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make money from it. Uh, and, and if not, then I'm a failure. It's mm -hmm. not that easy. Yeah. It's like, what do you love? What about it? Do you love? Because if you love knitting per se, let's say your hobby is knitting, your passion's knitting. It's, you're, it's not that you're moving a needle through a thread. That's not what you love. Um, and it could be if it's, but it might be meditation. It might be the idea of dressing somebody with what you create. It might be um, artistic expression. It might be um, being able to like create something uh, that uh, previously didn't exist. So we have different reasons behind that motivate our passion. So find your passion, find what other people want and what about your passion people are attracted to. And third part is find what's relevant in the market and essentially mold your work to, to fit that so that you're offering something that people actually need.
Yeah, that is a very comprehensive answer. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is very actionable uh, tips, actually, for our listeners. I am all about actionable. Yeah, like, that's, that's great. I'm very, very much about taking, and that this is what I do for a living. I yeah. take what's in people's hearts. I take the messy, raw, amazing stories that are just swirling in your heart, and I yeah. take them out into your head and into the world in a way that people actually understand exactly. and can act on. Exactly. You are embodying the show, don't tell. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 100%. Cool. So, <clears throat> so you share obviously great steps uh, or, you know, how people can think about the way they monetize what they are passionate. Um, are there some other ways that uh, people can use to increase their income? Some other ways that people can, can increase their income yeah. other than what? Other than um, just uh, create something they're passionate about. Oh, well, let's see. That's a, that's a broad question. Like, do you mean like to have multiple jobs or like, what are you asking exactly? Yeah, actually. So, um, so if somebody is for, perhaps today, uh, let's say that somebody is in a job or something and they, that they don't actually make the money that they want is there another mm -hmm. way that like uh, some other additional way that they can use to create more income for themselves like if they have a side hustle and they're currently in corporate yeah. or yeah it, okay. it can be yes if you know if uh, a side hustle is one source or some other some other yeah. ways creative ways that people can use to you know increase their income yeah well here's the thing um one of the things that i realized the biggest key with increasing your income uh, and uh, some people are not going to like this because it seems simplistic, but it's, it's magic, um, is uh, mindset. Is actually you need to put in the work to change essentially your money blueprint, um, to essentially change how much. So energetically, we all have like a certain amount of money that we believe that we are, are supposed to earn. And basically, if your money mindset is put at like $2,000, then if you earn more money than $2,000 that month, you will lose it. Or if you earn less, like you'll magically make more. So first, and, and I'll, I'm going to get more actionable with this, but first and foremost, number one is to essentially to start reprogramming yourself to believe that money is easy. Money comes to you at all times. You love money and money loves you. Money is amazing and it flows and there's plenty and more for everybody and there's more than enough for you and it will come to you. So that's the number one thing to do is to truly believe that into the core of your being that money flows to you to you at all times. In terms of like creative ways to earn income as you're creating your business, well, there's several ways. So if, for example, if you are, um, like I, I'm gonna use myself as an example, when I started to do my business and um, I was still in a place of like not really earning a lot, like right in the beginning stages um, of what I was trying to build, I would take on projects that were completely aligned with what I wanted to create. So for example, I wrote a lot of articles. I got paid to write a lot of articles. Um, I did some consulting and branding. I did marketing consulting for small companies. So I would always take on like side gigs and freelance that were very, very aligned to the sort of business that I was trying to build. And what that did for me is um, it generated income um, extra income for me. And it also taught me the skills that I needed to be even better at my job, which that part is invaluable. Uh, other ways to generate income. My, my God, it's, this is the thing. It's like the, you can make the ways you can make money are endless. Um, selling your things like, be, you know, actually cutting down 
doing the Marie Kondo thing, cutting down <laughs> on your belongings I'm and just cutting selling down things. all stuff at the moment. Yeah, you're already simplifying your life. Yeah. You're simplifying your life, which energetically is going to make you feel so free and you're making some extra money. Uh, taking on freelance projects that, again, are super, super aligned with what you do. Um, what else? Like uh, affiliate marketing, like helping other people sell their product that you're passionate about. Um, what, what other ways? Um, see, the possibilities to me are so infinite that it's like, where do I even begin? Yeah. But one of the things that I would say to have it be your rule of thumb is like, if you want to create money doing what you love, make money doing what you love. So, and it sounds so simple, but it's like, look for things that you want to do. So don't be the person that's like, oh, well for money, I do this, but for fun, I do that. But like, try to bridge the gap between essentially like what you really like and something that like you're taking on a project or like I said, like a side gig. And it's like a side gig where it's like, kind of what you, you, you like it a lot, but it's not like the thing, then take it. But if it's something where like, Oh, I hate this. I'm only doing it for money. You're, you're not doing yourself a favor and you're actually throwing away precious energy for like, uh, money, which is again, time is a not renewable resource, right? Money is. Um, so I would definitely say when it comes to income, um, the first step is to actually work on your mindset and like expanding your money blueprint. Um, the second step is to, um, look for ways to make money that are as close as you can make them to, uh, what it is that you want to do. And, um, the third part is like, get creative, like sell your things. Like if you really like need cash flow, like there's just, it's just everywhere all around you. And I, and I really think that when you believe that you can make money anytime, like there's so many ways that it comes to you. That's great. Again, it's <clears throat> so great, actually, uh, uh, insight. Now is our last part is to build a movement. Which movement are you building or would like to lead? Oh, love this one. Um, I just love all your questions. It's amazing. Um, what movement do I want to build? Yeah. I want to feel like if, you know, I could wave a magic wand, but mm -hmm. it's not even a magic wand because I'm going to, this is what I dedicate my of life course. to, but mm -hmm. it's to create um, a world in which we are allowed to ex authentically express ourselves. And what I mean by that is like, we aren't afraid to be who we truly are 100% with ourselves, number one, and with each other. Like we just carry on like most of us live like we just live our daily existence so, like wearing this mask you know like the wife like uh the girlfriend like the co-worker you know the daughter and and we're constantly wearing this mask and so many times like how many times do you catch yourself being like wow that's not what i really meant or kind of sugarcoating what you really wanted to say and not actually living your life in like full honesty and authenticity and that's why i do the work that i do because i really want to help people own their story and by own the story what i mean is to actually own who they are what they want and to act it and actually like act it out in the real world so that when we're connecting with each other like us human beings connecting with each other there's no energy being wasted like pretending like dancing beating around the bush, like dancing games or like pretending like we're anything less than who we are. And when we are fully, like authentically 100% ourselves with ourselves and each other, what we stop doing is wasting energy trying to be anything else. Mm -hmm. And imagine how, what you can do with that energy, with that extra energy that you are no longer wasting trying to hide yourself. You are developing yourself. You are cultivating who you are. You have energy to do the inner work. 
to spend more time with your kids, to pursue more hobbies, to exercise, to basically do all the things you really love because that's just surplus that you're creating that before you were just burning trying to be someone else. Mm, yeah, cool. So how do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. I want to be um, the woman who really empowered thousands, if not millions of people to, to rise into their full authentic expression. Like I want to be somebody to be remembered as somebody who really allowed you to step into who you are 100% and own that like with like all your being. And, and essentially I want to help people like create the lives that they want, like really fulfilling, incredible lives. Um, and I want to be a catalyst for that. Great. So you're doing that already. <laughs> I'm working on it little by little. Yeah. And uh, so what did you learn actually from all your experience that you want to transmit? One thing that you think that will help people to, um, you know, to live a meaningful life? Um, you know, what would be one thing that you can, you, if you want to transmit that, what would that be? I would say... Um, you know what you want and you spend a lot of energy and time hiding from that. When, when you, when you want something, your body, your soul, your intuition instantly like knows and lights up and then your mind kicks in. It's like, Oh no, that's not really it. Or like, Oh, I thousand and here's a thousand and one excuses for why I can't do this. Basically we're afraid of what we want. Uh, many, many of us are. And um, there's, there's this, this voice inside of us that truly knows um, what we want to create, the sort of life we want to live, the sort of partner we want to be with, um, the sort of uh, job that we want, the sort of how we want to conduct our lives, where we want to conduct our lives. Like we actually fundamentally know, but we spend a lot of time just like asking questions to basically like distract ourselves from that answer. So if there's anything that I, I would really want um, the person who's listening to this to, to absorb is to actually allow that voice inside of you to speak allow that voice to have a fighting chance to say this is what i want and to listen to it even when the consequences are scary even when you know what you want is i I, and you start with what you don't want as well. You know, like, I don't want this job. I want to create a business that I want. Oh, no, but that means I'm going to, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to feed my kids? Yes, those are all valid questions. But don't just let those questions and those excuses that instantly flood in um, keep you basically to, from wanting what you want. Yeah. Like, let, let that, give, give it a chance. Because you might find that a lot of the excuses that you're flooding yourself with right now um, you can actually work through most of them. And I, that's what I found I did. You know, I had a thousand and one excuses for why I couldn't just like leave my life yes. in New York City and go create a life that I want. I had so many ex really valid excuses, but I decided that I was not going to let them stop me. And I worked through them. And so Good. can you. Yeah, totally. What one object would you take with you on a desert island? Only one. My, jur my journal. <laughs> yeah, with a pen. Sure. Oh no, pen and a pen. Uh, well, <laughs> I, you said only one, <laughs> one, but I guess if it has to be one, it would be a one a past journal that I've from my favorite year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, do, what do you regret having of not having done earlier in your life? Creating space 
an ease for myself and allowing myself to, to pause. Um, I've always been an incredibly hard worker, um, very ambitious, very motivated. And I've always go, 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 go. And because of that, there's many precious moments that passed me by many times that I could have spent with loved ones instead, or could have spent doing something that really feeds my soul instead of my mind. So, um, I like to say, I don't have regrets in life, but if I really had to pick one, um, or if I had to, if I could have done something at an earlier age, it would be to really like pay attention to what I want and to, to actually like create space for myself to do what I love and, and what I want to do as opposed to what I quote unquote have to do yeah yeah in one word what would you say is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life <laughs> if you can in one figure word out. yes in one word of meaningful uh, of, of meaningful what yes your definition of meaningful work or meaningful life okay i got it it's not as hard as i thought it would be um connection connection great Okay. So any parting piece of advice that you like to tell listeners um, and then where you can then share some resources? Yeah, absolutely. So um, any parting piece of advice is you have a story to tell. You do. And, and, and maybe it doesn't come to you. Maybe it's coming up to you right now. Maybe you're like, oh, I don't know what this woman's talking about, but I want you to know that in the hundreds of people who I've spoken to and the people I've served and, and just of everyone that I've spoken to all around the world, everyone has a story to tell. And I believe that with every fiber of my being, and I believe that you have a story to tell and something about your story will inspire and impact someone else, if not hundreds, thousands, millions of people. So don't like own your story, let it come to the light. And more importantly, use that story to share and share it with others because there's so many people who can learn from you, who will be impacted by you and your existence and what you have to say. And the step number one is believing that you are worth it. It's believing that your story is worth telling and that's on you. But I can tell you that I believe in you and I know you have that. So um, anyone who's listening to this, like you have a story to tell, go out there and tell it in the most powerful, authentic way that you possibly can. Great. Do you have some resources to share with our listeners, uh, even with perhaps some of the work that you're doing and how yeah. they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, um, you can get in touch with me by on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I actually post a story on Instagram every day so you can see firsthand the sort of work that I do and how it works for me and my business. Um, the handle is at Celine DeCosta. So C-E-L-I-N-N-E-D-A-C-O-S-T-A. And my website is the same, selinacosta.com. In terms of resources, yes, I actually offer, um, I have a free workbook called How to Create Your Seven-Figure Brand Story that actually walks you through my signature brand story framework of how you can um, pull out your why and actually create a vision for what the business that you are doing, identify your ideal audience, your core values, and how to use those values to create content that sells. It's a really powerful workbook. It's helped many, many people. It's completely free. So for you to download it, I don't know, would I be able to give you a direct link? link yep, to this I, can, I will post okay. the, uh, the show notes. I can send um, yes. people in. Okay. Yeah. And then I also have a uh, free brand story 101 training, which is essentially walking you through how to create um, what, what brand storytelling is and how it can help you grow your business. So uh, on my website and 
uh, on my page. I have lots of resources as well as ways to work with me if you should choose to have more support. And uh, yeah, so take a look at the, the brand story, create your seven figure brand story workbook, as well as this training. And, um, and yeah, Francine, you let, you let them know how you feel when you take the, the mini courses. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm just going to take the, this course and I'll let you all know about that. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yes, so Celine, I really appreciated you know your time and your wisdom that you imparted today to, with our listeners it was great to talk to you and really listen to your story and share your wisdom um you know and you know i i really really love what you do um and uh yes yeah, so thank you again for being on this show thank you so much for having me so what was your key takeaway from this episode what are you committed to do today to find more meaning in your work and live a more meaningful life? If you'd like to clarify your goals and achieve them faster, there are three ways to do that. One, get my book, Personal Branding in the Digital Age, How to Become a Known Expert, Thrive and Make a Difference in the Connected World, available on Amazon, iTunes, Audible, as ebook, audiobook, paperbook. Second is to work one-on-one -on -one with me to clarify your objectives and achieve them faster. For that, you need to book a call at francinebelli.com slash call. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash call. And there is a third way, which is a time-limited offer. If you are struggling to find why your message doesn't get the engagement you expect from your audience or your customers whilst your competition seems to do very well, apply for a complimentary assessment of your website. I will personally review that and show you what is confusing your prospect and the easy steps you take you can take to clarify your message. This is a time-limited offer. Go to francinebelli.com slash review, that's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash review to submit your website. So the show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast, with all the references and resources shared on the show. Whilst you are there, leave a message in the comment section to let me know about your key takeaway from this episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It will take you a minute, but this will mean a lot to me and help me also spread this message for many people. Thank you for listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empowers you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I will see you next week for another brand new epic episode of this season three. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.